Hey, Raymond here from the Beginner Photography Podcast, and we have a uh, something new for you today, a new uh, style of episode to bring to you. So as you know, uh, many of you know, I've been hosting this podcast since 2016, and every single episode that I have brought to you, uh, as far as interviews go, have been done over Zoom or, or Google Meet or something. None of them have been done in person, except for once I used like a phone and it just didn't work out very well. So for all intents and purposes, they've all been done over Zoom. Well, when I knew that Imaging USA was coming to Louisville, which is only about two, two and a half hours from me, I knew that I was going to go because Imaging USA is one of, if not the biggest photography convention in the country. And it is so full of not only excitement to be surrounded by so many other photographers, but also it's a great opportunity to, you know, go through the the expo center and see all the cool new gear or, you know, attend classes put on by world-class, you know, photography educators, people who are in the trenches, who are working hard to build a photography business, to, you know, up their game when it comes to lighting, to, uh, you know, share their techniques as far as editing and whatnot with you. So it, it's, it's just one of those events that leaves you feel, um, it leaves you feeling so excited to be part of this community as a photographer, uh, and also is so exciting because, this is just such a great place for other photographers to show up as well as many very well-known photography educators, including past guests of the podcast. So knowing that I was going to be going down there, I reached out to a number of past guests who I knew were going to be there because they had signed up to speak or something like that to, to give a class. And I reached out and I said, hey, you know, would you be willing to do a like a 15 minute lightning round style uh, interview, you know, and a number of them said, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. So, uh, I went down there and it was so cool to the, the one thing that everybody said, like once, you know, uh, we were in front of each other is like, wow, it's so cool to see you in 3d, you know, after all this time being on zoom or Google meet, everything has just been so virtual. So being able to see each other in 3d with both of our eyes, uh, truly is a cool, it's just a very different experience. But what's so cool about a place like Imaging is that on top of being able to connect with past guests of the show, when you walk around the Expo 4 and, uh, you know, you're looking at all the vendors, there's a very high probability of you running into somebody like uh, somebody who you may very well know uh, just from, you know, watching YouTube videos, reading blogs, uh, watching videos, listening to podcasts, things like that. At one point, I turned a corner and bumped directly into Peter Hurley. You walk around the trade room floor. Oh, look, it's Jerry Guiones. In fact, a number of the interviews that you're going to hear happened simply because I ran into somebody who I maybe didn't know was going to be there. We got to connect, talk, and then chat for, you know, 10, 15 minutes here on the podcast to share information with you. So the way that this is going to work is that I made a list of 10, 12 questions uh, that I took with me into the conference. And whenever I would meet up with a past guest or connect with a uh, new future guest, I had this series of questions to ask from. Now, I didn't get to ask the same questions every single time, depending on their time, depending on their expertise, depending on where the conversation went. But I tried to, you know, uh, stick to very similar questions with the point of being to be able to hear different perspectives from these different photographers. So today is part one 
Today, you're going to hear from three photographers. Next week, you're going to hear from another three photographers. And the week after that, you will hear from the final three photographers. That's right. I got in nine interviews uh, in a in a in a two day span. And like how I mentioned, you know, you could just turn a corner and there is somebody who, you know, you're very familiar with. It's exactly what happened with our first guest here, Taylor Jackson. So Taylor Jackson has been on the podcast before a number of years ago. So when I ran into him, it was really exciting because, you know, I didn't know he was going to be there. So uh, we start catching up and ask him if he would answer, you know, these questions for you here on the podcast. Super generous with his time. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Of course. So we start chatting. And that's exactly where this whole thing starts off. So we'll just go ahead and get on into uh, the the first of the three segments of this episode with photographer Taylor Jackson. Taylor, why don't you just tell me, give me a brief introduction as far as who you are, what it is that you shoot, and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, I've been a wedding photographer for uh, since 2005, which is a long time now. And uh, yeah, I've been primarily weddings. I was concerts in the very beginning, uh, skateboard, snowboard. And then that didn't really become a revenue stream. Weddings kind of took over. They were a lot of fun. And then all my friends got married. So I was like 17, <laughs> 18 when I got started. And I got to ride that wave, um, which kind of set me up for a future lifetime of this, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, now I'm a thousand plus weddings into my career. And it's it's been fun. In those thousand plus weddings, in the, uh, you know, since 2005 shooting, I'm sure that you've been through a creative rut or two. How do you get out of those? I'm very efficiency based, I think. So even if I'm, I, I find cr- creative, like uh, my friend Sam Hurd, amazingly creative guy. Uh, I feel like his, his mind works in a very different way than me. And he's happy to shoot like different venues every single week. Yeah. I prefer shooting the same venues, which theoretically should lead me into a creative rut faster. Um, I'm going to say, of the thousand weddings, probably 800 of them were at venues that I have shot maybe 20, 30 or 50 no times. And I just like to do really good job in the fastest way possible. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I get most of my motivation for. Mm. Um, so I don't find myself necessarily in a creative rut. Um, I also do photo and video coverage as well. So I'll do like a highlight video um, while I'm doing the photography. Yeah. So I don't really have time to think about being in a creative rut. It's just like, go do thing now. Camera's always doing something. Yeah. Um, when you start doing video, you're very like your brain has to be in the day all day because you have to know where you're at in the video edit. You have to know if you need transition shots. Um, so I just don't really have time to think about that. Just go and do. That's kind of <laughs> like the uh, the Steve Jobs mentality. You're having the same shirt every day yeah. to have one last thing to think about so yeah. that you can spend your creative energy uh, thinking about what matters. Ooh. I like it. Do you have, uh, you know, shooting weddings, uh, shooting engagements, having people in front of the camera? Emotion is obviously a big part of uh, getting a good photograph of a person. Do you have any tips for getting emotion out of your subjects? Uh, I think the faster you can just be friends and just be uh, a normal person in their life, um, the better. Engagement sessions are always weird because there's like that warm-up period of like, this is weird. This is the three of us going to do photos. Wedding day I find to be a heck of a lot easier. um, That At that point, I'm hopefully just one of their friends with a camera. And also maybe not having the largest kit possible too. that if I walk into a small room and it's um, the getting ready section of the day and I have just like a 35 prime or something and I'm pretty small, and lightweight, um, you just blend in that room way faster and people are just more normal, faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always my goal. And I think at that point, once they kind of forget that you're there, they let you in emotionally uh, and I don't know, you're just part of the wedding party for the day, basically. 
I know that you like you review a lot of cameras, right? You take a lot of cameras to weddings. Um, do you find that? Do you do that to like test out cameras, or do you have like a main kit that you just shoot with ninety percent of the time? I have. I've shot pretty much every camera that I would consider to be like a wedding photography yeah. camera and lens from I think every brand at this point. And I think it's like a little bit based on YouTube and having access to the gear because sure. it's just fun to like go out and shoot pre-production stuff. Of course. Yeah. Um, but then it's also, I think, maybe something that keeps me a little bit more creatively involved that even though like I'm shooting the same venues, you can't fall into a total rut whenever you're like, oh, I got I to figure out Sony this week. Like, yeah. let's let's do that. Or even different lenses. Um, I'll like intentionally leave some lenses at home that <laughs> I'm like, I've shot the entire wedding season on a, on a 50. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to bring an 85 and 35 uh, and probably the Tamron 35 to 150 also. Uh, but yeah, just leaving stuff at home to put yourself... Uh, in a more creative space, I guess. Well, that goes back to that uh, that whole creative thing, right? Like, if uh, if you put yourself in that box, uh, you got to get yourself out of it. So that makes sense. <laughs> what about the process of photography? Where within that do you feel most creative? I think editing. I think it's the same for video as well. I don't really think too much about the actual creation. I feel like it's not it's not not on autopilot. I obviously kind of know what I'm doing, but I think that the curation of what I've done um, is the fun part for me now I guess mm. video editing for fun projects is like the most fun part of it that you get to you, you were there for whatever story is but then you also get to craft that story in a new and interesting way yeah so yeah I think selecting images afterwards and trying to do the best I can on the day and then just uh, sorting it out after build it together yeah I gotcha can you finish the sentence for me new photographers should Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. I think follow your hobbies and your passions. Um, so if wedding photography sounds like a nightmare to you, even though there's potentially some money to be made there, Maybe don't just start on that track if it's going to be something that burns you out. And if it doesn't seem fun in the beginning, it's probably not going to be fun 10 years from now. And I think in any creative industry, it is your entire, like, you basically have to put everything you do into it. And if it's not something you're passionate about now, it's probably not going to be that fun in the future. And then you're going to be trapped in it. Then you're going to be like 50 or whatever. And you, it's like hard to switch careers at that point, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, like what, um, you know, follow your passion. Like it always sounds great. And like everybody knows that that's what they should do. Yeah. But what if you do find yourself in a spot like you found yourself, you know, wanting to shoot bands, wanting to shoot sports and everything, but you had to pivot. Like, how do you make that decision if you find yourself there? I think it's uh, it'll be different for everyone. I would say, I guess maybe to to rephrase a little bit, um, follow your passion into a market that exists, uh -huh. um, that there has to be proof of at least somebody doing the thing that you want to do I think um, it would be lovely to just get to 
forge your exact own path that's unique to you. But be wonderful. <laughs> if there's no market for it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to to rephrase that a little bit, know that there's a market there, and spend your time and energy building something. You don't have to be a completely unique person to the space. You don't have to have something unique with your pricing or something you offer. You can be at least in the beginning, like very similar to something else that exists in the market. And you will hopefully at least start to make some money. And at that point, it becomes sustainable. There's not much of a market for uh, noir, uh, 8x10, large format uh, photos of uh, dandelions, right? So I had to, I had to get into weddings, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming to a convention like uh, Imaging USA, what is your favorite part about being here? I like that we're actually back in real life. It's just nice to see friends because like, we all kind of work these solo jobs in our basements or yeah. in a room by ourselves. Hopefully you have the support of family or a spouse. Uh, but a lot of us like day to day, it's like you kind of, you figure out what you want to do and you work at it in your own head all day on your computer and coming here, you get to meet other like-minded individuals. And uh, I don't know, it's just a very nice, easy, it feels socially very easy to kind of fit in and you just have friends um, and it's kind of cool they're all around the world they're doing the same thing but they're in a non-competitive mm. at least location so yeah. you can talk about what's actually working <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and what people are experimenting on so That's it's nice great. for business well Taylor that was uh, my last question for you where can listeners find you online and I was going to lead into your book, but uh, I'll, just let you, I'll just let you do that. I'm on, I guess YouTube is maybe my main platform at this point. Uh, YouTube, search for Taylor Jackson, lots of behind-the-scenes wedding days. And then um, also Instagram, just at Taylor Jackson. And uh, yeah, there's a, a link to a book up there if you want to go check out a book. And yeah, audiobook's actually available on YouTube as well. So if you want to listen to the audiobook, it's genius. It's free. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Taylor, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was awesome to talk to Taylor. Uh, and... As you heard there, he gave me a few books to give away here on the podcast. So if you're listening before February 29th, 2024, then you can head over to beginnerphotopod.com forward slash TJ book to sign up and enter to win. If you're listening after that, uh, you missed the boat. Okay, next up uh, is somebody who hasn't been on the podcast before, but I'm really excited to get her on. Uh, and her name is also Taylor, Taylor Brumfield. Taylor is a commercial photographer, has a really interesting take on photography. I saw her do a lighting demonstration uh, for Westcott. And it was so interesting because uh, somebody in the audience um, like asked a question and on the fly, she had to figure out an answer and build it and do it in a way that like looked really good. And she did wonderfully with it. And I knew we got to talk to her, got to learn more about the world of commercial work, as far as beauty, products, and everything that she does. And I was super excited that she said yes, and she shared her information with you. So here we go. My quick interview with Taylor Brumfield. Sure. So my name is Taylor Brumfield. I am a commercial product and beauty photographer. I've done beauty for the past seven years and product for the past five. I am also a Tamron ambassador and Westcott Top Pro, as well as an educator within the photography sphere. You're busy. Yes. Very busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, with your experience, can you tell me, um, I'm sure that there's times where you find yourself in a creative rut. What do you do to get out of that? 
I pivot. I do some mental pivoting. I'm actually in a team C we see little creative rut right now. Perfect. Um, and I went back and I assessed my aesthetic and I pinpointed what exactly I didn't like about it. Mm. And once I was able to identify those areas of opportunity, I was able to start coming up with new ideas and start, start solidifying my new aesthetic. And then once I've got my new aesthetic, I can figure out how I'm going to, to pivot into that new aesthetic and how I can not necessarily start over, but start to integrate those new, uh, that new aesthetic into my old aesthetic. So it's mm. not so jarring, mm-hmm. but I constantly have to create new things. That's, that's really what it is. I'm constantly having to push myself and identify areas where I may be lacking and then very intentionally move into those progressive spaces. So you just got to keep moving. You, you can't let yourself. Exactly. Stagnate. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't think a lot of people do that. That's that's very difficult. Well, I think especially for new photographers, like you just don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that comes with experience, but you got to just be curious to be able to. No, find absolutely. Those and just keep asking questions and constantly think about the why of things. Um, if you're just thinking about the the what, that's when you're constantly hitting walls because you you're not comprehending anything. You just know that it exists. Right. But if you're constantly interrogating the why then things start to open up for you. And if you're up against a hurdle or an area of opportunity, you can dissect it and then start to get over it. That's great. That is perfect. You uh, you deal with people in front of the camera as a portrait photographer. You work with people. Do you have any tips for um, getting emotions out of people? Sure. So something I like to do with my models is to have organic movement. I do end up coming out of my sets with hundreds and hundreds of photos. And really? so it is a big call session. But at the same time, I feel like trying to get people to get into certain poses with words it doesn't always translate but if you can show the model how to move and keep a very light and fun and whimsical atmosphere in the studio Mm -hmm. then your model's more likely to have fun and it's easier to get real organic uh like actual natural expression out of people when they're having fun i also just like to have my models move around and a lot of the photos do look awkward there are a lot of half closed eyes but at the same time in between all of those awkward photos are absolutely stunning photos and those are the ones that i send to my clients i see so you're more of a uh uh, shoot it all and find the best afterwards rather than not necessarily shoot it all because i'll also check into i shoot tethered Mm -hmm. so i'll also check into my my batch and see okay are we headed in the right direction If not, where do we need to maybe switch and turn it up a little bit? But I have my models just move. They're just moving. They're 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 gyrating. They're they're throwing their hands in the air. They're tossing their hair. They're rolling their necks around. And then that way I can make sure I'm getting actual actual natural motion, like that the actual body moves. Um, And that's how I can get like very organic uh, poses. I found just uh, as a, you know, just shooting weddings and engagements, the exact same thing. If you just have people doing something, mm-hmm. they're less aware of the camera and they're exactly. having more fun. And, and the self-consciousness good. goes down, especially when I'm shooting with younger girls or slightly less experienced models. Mm-hmm. They're very self-conscious because they want to do a good job. And I totally understand that. But they're people yeah. and we can't just treat them like machines. We have to treat them like people. And if we can get them moving as people, then the photos will reflect that. Of course. Of course. We're photographers. We want to work with people as well. So mm-hmm. uh, what is it about the uh, process? of photography where you feel most creative where I feel most creative I love coming up with ideas now granted I work commercially and at the level that I'm at a lot of my clients already have their ideas but I love collaborating and if the client allows for it I love collaborating with the clients to expand on those ideas I also am a huge fan of systems and workflows (laughs) I am a huge fan of systems and workflows and I like to make sure everybody's set up for success when I first started there was a lot of throwing people under the bus Mm. um, and a lot of throwing rocks and hiding hands I don't like that and I didn't didn't like being treated that way so now that I'm a creative 
creative director. In addition to being a photographer, I'm a creative director and a production manager for busy, my busy. own agency. Yeah. So busy. Um, I make sure my teams are set up for success and I make sure my clients know exactly what they're getting. To you, what's more important? The Being here at a, at a photography convention, there's a big push for like technically perfect photos. But for you, is the technical more important or is the emotional more important? So... Neither, because I'm working commercially. Sure. The center of my projects is creating assets that the client can then leverage to make money from their consumers. That's the center. Yeah. So even if it's not technically perfect, if it's generating the emotions that's going to pull at the heartstring of the client's consumer, then that becomes the goal. If it's something that they need to be technically perfect because that's how they plan to leverage those assets, Mm -hmm. then that becomes the goal. But the center isn't necessarily pinpointing either one of those. The center is creating great assets that my client can leverage so i understand i understand the question but i feel like that's a consumer photographer based question i never thought about it but here in the client like here in the um commercial space that's not the point you know it happens like it matters because like i'm not going to send off poorly lit or like underexposed like obviously it matters so the knowledge base has to be there but that's not the center that's not the the center or the focus of the ideology you know sure yeah yeah that's good. You just opened up my eyes there. I never thought about that. That's a that whole way. different mindset. Yeah. What do you think new photographers spend too much time obsessing over? I think new photographers, and I know we're speaking broadly, but again, as a commercial photographer, that's where my expertise is. New photographers in the commercial space spend way just too much time focusing on the idea of passion. You have to earn back enough time to pursue photography in the commercial space to follow your passions. And when I first started as a commercial photographer, I was taking projects that I didn't necessarily align or resonate with because the goal was to build out my resume and my portfolio. And now that I've gotten to the point that I've gotten to, I can raise my rates to the point where I can now buy back my time Mm. and pursue things that I'm passionate about. Additionally, because I've gotten to the level I've gotten to, I can be picky with my clients and choose clients and book clients that only have projects that I align with. But at the beginning, that just wasn't the case. But it's a there's a journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Sure. Right. Sure, yeah. So the marathon and the journey is just as valid, as important as getting to the end of the tunnel. A lot of people focus on that end goal of I want to shoot things I'm passionate about. So go, OK, cool. But how do you get there? Mm. And they have to value the journey of getting there instead of just trying to hop and leap to the end. Right. That's a hard thing. People don't want to do that. Yeah, you got to be patient and earn, earn Mm -hmm. your keep and earn the ability to shoot things that you're passionate about if your goal is to make money. Of course. Of course. So then can you finish this sentence for me? Uh, New photographers should. New photographers should learn to be patient. I know, I know the industry is fast paced and I know it seems like there's a lot going on and you're being pulled in all the, you got to content create, you got to be pretty, you got to, you got to know how to shoot video now, you got to know how to have the verbiage for a client because like the barrier to entry is so low. So you have 15 and 16 and 70 younger now with the gen alphas, but with age and maturity comes the patience. And if you're going to be getting in this at 15 and 16 years old, then you need to be patient by the times you're 16 and 17 years Mm -hmm. old because then you're in it for real. So new photographers, these kids have to learn patience and have to learn how to pace themselves. So I'll tell you that the uh, majority of listeners are closer to the 30s or 40s. Mm -hmm. Does the same 
apply to them? The same absolutely applies because it's not just age that is maturity. It's also longevity within the industry. Mm-hmm. I know when I was, I mean, I started at 18 and 19, but when I was younger, I was ripping and rearing and ready to go. Yeah. But I didn't see any success. I had to sit down and put in my foundation. And that's not just age. That's like, that's intellectually, I had to build on the skill set. And just because you're 30, you still have to put in that that work. You got to put in your 10,000 hours. You have to earn the skill. I got you. That was Mm -hmm. perfect. Um, What is a photography skill that you yourself are trying to improve upon? Gosh, I'm not, I don't know if there's like any one skill because I'm constantly self-interrogating and I shoot very intentionally. I know a lot of people are like, oh, just pick up your camera and shoot. I find that to be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be a rhyme and reason why I'm, I'm putting clicks on my, on my shutter. And there needs to be a rhyme and reason why I'm wearing out my strobes. There needs to be a, a purpose and a utility to all of this. I think something that I'm really working on and would love to do better for this year is just really getting back to self-care. I really wore myself out during COVID. I experienced a great boom and a great spring during COVID um, and my, bus- my business actually flourished but at what cost right so now that things have kindly s- finally settled down a little bit debatable but a little bit um, I want to really get back to Zen and, and refocus on some self care yeah that is good. That is something that uh, I know I didn't focus on at all in the beginning. I just wanted to, it's that passion thing. You just mm-hmm. want to do it and do it as quick as possible. I mean, but can you be passionate if you're exhausted? Yeah, no, you can't. You exactly. really can't. Yeah, you can't so, be creative I mean, when you're taking exhausted. Taking care of yourself as a, for, as a business expense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's why I'm here. Like, that's why I love events like this. Um, what is a marketing strategy that's been working for you recently? A marketing strategy. Is it different in the commercial space? Kinda, kinda, because it's going to be a lot of like networking, like so many of my clients are referrals. So many of my clients are like repeat or retainer clients. Um, And most of my clients find me. So it's very organic at this point. But networking, like in the commercial space, a lot of this information is not Googleable. You can't just be like, what is this? It doesn't work like that. And there's not a lot of like workshops. There's not a lot of resources like they're starting to happen now. But I think there are a lot of a lot of the resources are centered around the creator of the resources making money. It's not centered around like actual pure education. Mm -hmm. So even that becomes stale or a dead end. So a lot of it is becoming like friends with people in the industry and making sure that when somebody scratches your back, you scratch theirs back too. That's great. So far, everybody who I've talked to has said, uh, you know, I think a lot of beginners are expecting to hear like, oh, Facebook ads have been great. Every single person has been like, if you get in front of somebody, like that's going to be a way better ROI than a computer. Yes. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think the art of networking, especially in like the social media age is people are taking it for granted because all you have to do is friend somebody, but it takes more than just being like, here, add friend. There's work involved and that that's work in itself. Like we're people, um, we're still people, it, it, right? Yes. Yeah. And people don't want to make like people don't want to feel like you're just adding them to use them later. So like that's also a skill is like how because I know that you're adding me to like, you know, use me for something. And, you know, I'm adding you. But like, how can we not make each other feel bad about of it? Of course. Yeah. Like, that's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. just kind of building up my network and making sure that I have my fingers in a lot of pies so I can always get things done. I love it. If you weren't busy enough already, now you're looking to do more things. <laughs> um, what is the best part for you about attending a conference like Imaging USA? I love to see my friends and I love seeing people that I know on social media and I come here. It's like, oh, my God, it's you. And then immediately hitting it off with them. Like, I, I like meeting people. Yeah. It is like a huge energy expenditure. 
Um, and it is a lot of work. But I love coming here. I love seeing my sponsors. I love seeing what they have going on. I like seeing the people who work at my different sponsorships. I like seeing the actual, my actual online friends in person. Um, and that's just really lovely. Like I go into my cave, my commercial cave, and I get things done. But it's nice seeing the actual people in real life. Of course, of mm -hmm. course. Well, Taylor, that was it. Before I let you go, where can we find you online? I can be found mostly on my Instagram at Taylor B with two R's and two E's. So T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-B-E-E. -E. Well, I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Such an interesting world that um, I really just don't have enough information about that uh, Taylor really opened up my eyes to some new concepts that I hadn't really thought of. And they totally make sense. They're just, you know, not my wheelhouse. And again, this is one of those reasons why I love this podcast, to be able to talk to people, uh, to, you know, open up my eyes to to new ideas, to new ways of doing things uh, so that, you know, ultimately at the, the end of the day, it all goes into helping us become better photographers. And next up here, we have again, return guest, Chris Duncan. You may remember Chris from uh, his interview where we talked about seasoning your photos with light. Chris does an amazing job talking about light, teaching light, educating on light, uh, and I think has a non-traditional view on using light. And yet at the same time, when he talks about it, you think to yourself, well, of course, this this makes absolute sense, but it's just not the traditional way, I guess, in which your your brain would think about it. So he does a wonderful job at breaking down these concepts, working with people, working with light and creating amazing images. So here is my quick lightning round style interview with Chris Duncan. Chris, you've been on the podcast before, but uh, can you uh, give new listeners just a brief introduction as to who you are, what you've been doing, and how long you've been doing it? Sure, my name is Chris Duncan, a studio owner for over 20 years out of Lubbock, Texas. Um, uh, my wife and here are here just to learn and connect with other people. But our business is mainly portrait photography, families, high school seniors, young families getting started with babies and kids. And then I do about 35 to 40 percent commercial work, which falls mostly into small product and food and beverage photography. Mm. Well, Chris, after uh, shooting for as long as you have, I'm sure that there's times where you find yourself in a creative rut. How do you get out of that? And, you know, that's funny you mentioned that. I had a creative rut really around 2018, 2019, and um, I had to find other th creative things that weren't photography related. You know, I love to play board games and card games, so I would design a deck of cards or, you know, I, I played more of my guitar uh, my wife and I started cooking more together. And so those are still creative things. And I think a lot of them relate to photography because there's still an objective skill to it. You know, there's still a key you play in when you're playing in music. You can't just start hitting notes and think it's going to be good or pleasing. That's my problem then. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's still theory to it. But then you once you understand some of that, then you can be expressive. And so I think doing some of those things made me appreciate what I can do in photography and kind of helped rebuild that. Mm. So it was still using creates, trying to be creative, but not necessarily in my business. So it's just seeing the world a little more creatively helps you see the creative aspects of your life more clear. I think so. And you know, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of your listeners or like a lot of the people we meet here at image in USA is this started as just something they love to do. Mm. And then you realize, wow, there's a lot of extra. It's not just taking great photos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's skills you got to learn. There's always, always business stuff we don't need to get into and all the different things that go along with being a photographer. And sometimes if, if you don't really love it, 
it just can weigh you down mm. and you're, and you're going to get burned out and you're going to get tired no matter what you do. And so, yeah, seeing those other creative things helped me appreciate the photography. So, uh, you work with people obviously shooting uh, portraits. So, yes. uh, one thing that new photographers struggle with a lot is just capturing emotion in an mm -hmm. image. Do you have any tips? I think the best thing anyone could ever do is be themselves. I think, you know, if we start getting nervous or try to do things we don't feel are in our wheelhouse, that off inauthenticity will come through and authenticity will come through. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage people like be yourself. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. But if you're yourself, you wouldn't be, I don't think many people invite someone over for dinner and try to be someone else at the dinner party. Right? <laughs> when they're themselves, these great conversations happen, these great relationship build with your friends or your colleagues. It should be the same when someone's in front of your camera. Just mm -hmm. be yourself. Let them, be, then they will be themselves. And that's really what makes portrait photography great. I I've mean, seen you do that a lot outwardly as well. Like, uh, I think when you send me, send me your headshot for uh, the podcast, you had photos of like, you and the whole family like dressed up uh, in Star Wars yeah. gear and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I know exactly who Chris is now. <laughs> yes. Like, it's not just a, you know, just a black and white headshot, you yeah. know, three to one ratio, all these great things. Yeah. Your personality came through. Yeah. And well, I hope great. so. And that's what I hope to do with our clients. You mm -hmm. know, what is it about the uh, process of photography that you find most creative? It's, it's the people, mm -hmm. I think. Um, you know, someone say, oh, you're photographing like the same thing every day. And well, you may be like lighting it similar or kind of doing similar poses or arrangement. But as you probably know, every person's unique. Every family dynamic is unique. And that's really fun to try to bring out, mm -hmm. like try to figure out, man, who is this family or who is this person in, in a minute? And then try to. <laughs> oh my God. Suddenly your job sounds like a firefighter. Like you're just constantly trying to figure out like, oh, how do I, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I heard a thing, um, not too long ago and it said success is based upon a, a series of mistakes that are handled well. And I was like, man, that really stuck with me. Cause again, like I said earlier, you're going to make mistakes and sure. sometimes you miss and it's just how you handle it. So that's perfect. <laughs> Portrait photography, uh, there's a heavy emphasis on the emotion that can come through mm -hmm. it, especially with the clients. At a convention like imaging, there's a strong focus on technical proficiency as well. Yes. Where do you lie uh, on that scale as far as, as your images? Because you need both, but what's well, you, most important to you? You do need both, and I think that's a great question. And emotion is going to sell. Emotion is going to sell, especially if you're in the business you want to sell, right? Emotion sells magazines, it sells newspapers, it sells TV stories, it sells portraits on people's walls. But if you don't have a technical thing behind it, it it's not going to be repeatable. And I think that's what makes, that's what someone needs in this business is to be repeatable. When a new restaurant opens up, right? And you may go, oh, this was a great time. It's a great atmosphere in this restaurant, had a good time, but the food wasn't that great. The mm -hmm. service was a little lacking. Right. You still got a meal out of it. You yeah. were still maybe your hunger might have been satisfied, but you're not going to go back and repeat that. And so what I like to tell my students is, yeah, connect with your clients. You know, putting someone else above us is, I think, priority in everything we do. But when your technical is locked in and you have confidence in the craft you're doing, then you have so much more freedom to connect with someone mm -hmm. and to bring that on. Because now I'm not worried about f-stops, apertures, lighting ratios. Because I know that's going to work. Right, right. Because I've built that part of my skill set up. There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. 
You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. I appreciate you introducing another food-themed uh, analogy there. Last yes. time it was seasoning with light, and this time more more restaurant talk. I love yes. it. And I have a feeling that I know what you're gonna uh, is, what you're looking I forward the, to. I love the comparisons between food and photography. Yeah, there's a lot. And really I've said, and I know I said this before for your listeners that may have missed that podcast is cooking is the subjective use of an objectional of an objective craft. Yeah. Right. Meat at rare is 140 degrees. That's what it is. Yeah. It's got to be the Texas in you. <laughs> right. But how you cook it, mm-hmm. how you flavor it is all subjective. Photography is the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, light is going to operate the same way everywhere all the time. But how you use it becomes your expression. So, yeah, right. there's so many parallels. And Otherwise, there would only be like one steakhouse, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. And that's that's boring. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be the a, worst. Yeah, and, and we're in Louisville now. Can you imagine if there's only one bourbon? <laughs> wow, that would be like... <laughs> this whole town would just shut down right away. Right <laughs> away. Right. Uh, what do you think new photographers spend too much time obsessing over? Gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely gear. Because you know why? Because I'm obsessed you over gear. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I, obsessed, I obsessed over gear. And this isn't a cooking analogy, but um, tools will help. Tools will definitely help, right? But you can cook great meal on your grandma's cast iron. I guess it is a cooking thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you sell the photography and cooking show. There, yeah. there you go. Um, tools will help. Don't I don't want to discount that. But since so much of what we do is science driven, mm-hmm. I mean, exposure and lighting, all of that, even color theory, is really based on centuries of people saying this is how it should be. So this yeah. is what it is. Right? So we accept that as as correct. Gear can help you do that more efficiently, but not necessarily make you do it better. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing, you know, because yes. every YouTube review is like, you know, here's yeah. the new camera. Here's all the oh, cool things that it can do. Believe and me, I love gear. Yeah. I mean, I love gear. I don't think you could be a photographer if you don't, honestly. Uh, yeah. There has to yeah. be a level of, of enjoyment in it. Yes. But it's finding at the end of the day what yeah. you can do with and it. I, and, that's, and so when I come here to imaging and I'm asked to teach, I like to really teach easy, actionable things that photographers can do without mm-hmm. having to invest a lot of money. Because if you can have one success in a row, mm-hmm. that can build to two. Sure. But if there's a barrier between, man, that was real, man, I really loved what so-and-so did, but I can't afford 16 lights and these stands and these sandbags. Oh, and an assistant to hold them. Uh-huh. But, but that one photographer that used one light in a, a myriad of ways, I think I can do that. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. such a great way to, to relate to it because yep. that's one of the hardest things is just to figure out where to get started. So yep. you do help people with that a lot. And you're really yes. good at that. Then can you can you finish the sentence for me? New photographers should. Learn their craft. How do we do that? Um, events like this. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube videos. Find a mentor. 
um, it's been in it. I would, I, I think you also have to be careful where you get your information. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. Test that information like you would do on anything. Mm-hmm. Just because you see it on the internet doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> that is true. You know, test that information. But one thing at PPA that I learned in my involvement here was, was learn your craft and do the work. Mm. And so simple as that, simple as that, simple as that. <laughs> is there a marketing strategy that has been working particularly well for you recently? Um, man, that changes all the time. <laughs> so I would say trying to be on top of it is our strategy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we're, we're what we'd call a high touch studio. Um, so we may, our initial contact may be through email or phone call or social media interaction. But from that, it's like, Come into our studio. Let's meet. Mm-hmm. Let's. Um, we used to call it a consultation, and now we call it a planning session because you don't consult about a vacation. You plan a vacation. Uh-huh. It's implied you're going to have a vacation. So now we're implying you're going to have a photo session with us. Mm-hmm. And so we have this planning session because, again, we want to get to know you so your personality shows through. Also comes down to what clothes are best, what's going to make you look the best. You know, if you have a baby, well, what's a great time of the day for your kid? Yeah. So we, so marketing we do is we try to be in front of people through whether it's business organizations in our town. Um, I'm involved in other associations besides the photography group because um, those are like at food and beverage. I want to go to a restaurant and hotel meetings. I want to, if I'm going to do architectural, I'd get involved with the home builders or a construction thing in your area, you know, get in front of people. Yeah. So, so that's okay. how, that's probably the, been the marketing that's been most successful for us. Mm-hmm. Now where we find those and how we can attract them, that changes, but that's kind of, that's a creative part though. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, it's all humans, humans yeah. dealing with humans. Well, I think most people would understand if you've ever talked to a good salesman or felt like you've connected with some, mm-hmm. then it's the, the selling part's easy. Sure. It's hard to sell through a screen. It, it is. And it, and it's hard for someone. It's easy for someone to say no through a screen. Mm-hmm. It's much harder for someone to say no face to face. That's a marketing strategy in and of itself right yes. there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite part about attending a conference like Imaging USA? Oh, well, have you seen we've had so many people come by yes. and it's, it's just waves and stuff. Smiles all the time. Oh, it's smiles and waves and so it's really connecting with people that have helped me along the way or seeing seeing students that I've hopefully helped help some, you know, and I would love to go to all the classes and we try to sneak some in. But so many. There's so many and they're all great. And but we've been a part of this association since 2007. Right. And so by that time, you know. So many of your friends are here and, you know, and I want to be cliche and say it's our it's like family, but it's, (laughs) you know, it's your photography family. It's people that have seen you struggle and helped you through that thing or taught you a technique that pushed you to the next success or helped you through a problem that because they said, oh, I've had that problem last year. Let me Mm -hmm. show you what worked for us. And that's that stuff you won't you can't learn on YouTube. You know, as much as I love podcasting, I love to listen to podcasts. It's hard to learn that even on a yeah. podcast, but you can learn it in an elevator or sitting across the table <laughs> from somebody or walking the trade, whatever that is, you mm-hmm. can learn that at a place like this. These are so fun. I mean, just for that exact reason, I, this is only my second imaging that I've been to. The first one was in 2020. Mm-hmm. And as you know, photography is kind of like a lonely, uh, job. You know? oh, yeah. Most of them are solopreneurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to come here, it's like. You have 10,000 colleagues, you know, uh, right. who you've never met before, but you immediately have a connection with yeah. them. It's well, great. you know, the thing that brings most people down is feeling like they're the only one fighting the battle that they're fighting. 
And when you come to a place like this, you realize, man, there, there's a lot more that brings us together than divides us. Absolutely. Right. And you're like, oh, man, so I'm not alone in this. I do have these, you know. Oh, really? Other people have gone through this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the first person ever to go through something like this. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that's, yeah, that network is, it's, it's really irreplaceable. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for your time. Where can listeners find you online? Um, website, cjduncan.com. Um, CJ Duncan's our Instagram. That's where I'm most active on social. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah. Chris, again, man, thank you so much. All right, Raymond. Thank you. Good to see you again. I really hope that you uh, enjoyed that chat uh, there with uh, with Chris. And I hope that you enjoyed the conversations also with uh, Taylor B and Taylor J as well. Imaging really is one of those things where it's funny, um, as, as many of you know, uh, I left the world of professional wedding photography. Uh, and this whole past year for me has been uh, kind of challenging to figure out, well, where do I fit in? Where does photography fit into my life still? Because for so long, it had a role And that role was kind of commerce based, right? I had to sell my photography to make a living. And because of that, I looked at photography through a certain lens. Um, But now that I don't have that um, aspect of, of needing it to be financially successful to me, I've just looked at photography in a very different way. And again, to be candid, I've kind of had a difficult time with it because I'm so used to 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 shooting for an end result, meaning to give it to a client to hear their thoughts so that I can adjust and, and get better. And I haven't had that through the photography that I've had over the past year. So again, still just trying to figure it out. But going to an event like imaging really got me so excited again for photography. And not that I lost the excitement, but it's just excitement in a different way. And being around all the photographers that are there at Imaging USA was just such a shot of adrenaline, you know, on top of meeting all these uh, past guests uh, and new uh, future guests as well. I got to meet up with some listeners of the podcast. So Marlinda, Virgil, Elwood, Jamie, like y'all were there and meeting with you helps make knowing that sometimes I'm not just alone (laughs) in front of my computer uh, in a cold office space in my house. It, it lets me know that this is a real thing and that it's really affecting other people and that it's helping others and that you are getting value out of it. And that's great. You know, I, I really, I really do enjoy that. But it took going to a place like imaging and meeting people in person to kind of remind me of that. So I encourage you, you know, if you are feeling a certain way about photography, you're, you're feeling down, you're feeling lost, you're feeling confused, whatever it is, photographers are more helpful than you think that they are. Photography isn't high school. It's not, you know, the popular crowd versus everybody else. It's not, um, you know, you off in the corner all on your own. You don't have to do that. Imaging provides a place for you to go and meet with people in person and feel connected with somebody else to to talk about your issues, to talk about your wins, what's working, what's not working, and to just help you out. And, and again, let you know that you're not alone as a photographer, which oftentimes it can feel that way. So if you haven't been in the past, I encourage you to, you know, check out when uh, the next imaging is for whenever you're listening to this in the future and consider going yourself. I'm going to be going next year, uh, 2025. It'll be in Grapevine, Texas. I'm going to go. I'm going to make a bigger effort to um, have a another beginner photography podcast listener meetup. Maybe instead of five people this time, we'll get 
10 people, how great would that be? <laughs> if we can just get 10 of y'all together, that would be a blast. So that is it uh, for this week. Again, Next week, I will be back with three more photographers, one of them including Vanessa Joy. So be sure to tune back in next week, and I will see you then. Remember, the more that you shoot today, the better of a photographer you will be tomorrow. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week. 